You're listening to the Baltimore Beatdown Podcast, your source for all the Baltimore Ravens news and information. Now ice up, hon. And we are live, everybody, with the fifth edition of the Baltimore Beatdown Podcast. How you doing today, Kyle? I'm doing well. How are you, Matt? Dude, I am rocking and rolling like always. That's wonderful to hear. I'm excited. we got a good show here. You know, uh, again, we thank all of you for tuning in this evening. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with us, and we appreciate that. Isn't that what Jay-Z said in H to the Izzo? You sold from us, actually. Uh, we have a great show for you all today. We're on our way towards becoming the 8th, 9th, 10th wonder of the world. Anyway, dude, let's let's drop that. Let's, <laughs> let's let's dive right into the biggest Ravens news this week with Steve Smith. Oh boy, yeah, no, this is nuts, man. He's announcing he will retire after this season. The quote is, "I really don't have the family structure to chase forty. To be honest, I have a lot of things on my to-do list that I don't have to do any that don't have anything to do with football. So I'm going to take it day by day." but I will not be playing until I'm 40. Now, first thing I'm going to ask you, do you believe he'll be able to ride off into the sunset like Ray Lewis did with us? I think, and you and I have talked about this before, Kyle, Mm -hmm. but I absolutely think the Ravens are set up to go ahead and do a Super Bowl run this year, uh, and it definitely makes sense. So I'm all for it, man. I'm on the hype train. Choo-choo. Let's go. Let's get this man a ring. Let's do what he can't do and could not do with Cam Newton in uh, Carolina and get this man a little something on his finger. See, the thing I'm most confident about is, well, he's been to a Super Bowl once. He made it. They lost the Patriots and Tom Brady on a comeback and a goddamn field goal like always with the most clutch and best kicker in the history of the NFL, Adam Vinatieri. But I'm excited for this, man. I really think that we have a phenomenal team, and you and I have said it time and time again, if we stay healthy, we can win the Super Bowl. That's all there is to it. If this Baltimore Ravens squad stays healthy, we win the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, and then that's that's the big thing at this point is staying healthy and uh it's something that the Ravens are a little scarily not doing as of right now, but, uh, you know, it's it's early. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. It's early. <laughs> Every injury happens. A lot of injuries happen in camp. We just got to hope to have the fewer and the less serious ones. Unfortunately, right now we're not seeing that as Matt Elam's out for the season. It's looking like currently with that torn bicep. Um, is it Urban that got his uh, bicep torn, or who was it? Who was it? Yeah, that was Brent Urban yeah. had his uh, pectoral bicep okay, that's uh, tear, yep. and yeah, it's not looking good right now. But I'm confident those are depth players, which is good to know. I hate saying it like, oh, at least you know it wasn't the good guys that get injured. But that's the truth to this: is we aren't seeing Joe Flacco out, me knocking on wood currently. Um, <laughs> we aren't seeing you know any serious play. I'm not gonna say any more names just to not fuck this up. But yeah. I, I just I don't want to see any more injuries. That scares me. I, you're just hoping that the players that do get injured aren't your superstars, but you're mainly hoping nobody gets injured. That's just how it's going to be. Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's always tough. But, you know, Steve Smith is one of those types of guys that I think uh, he does better when the chips are against him. So, you know, who, who knows, man? I, 
I, I can kind of see this being one of those years where the Ravens get dinged up a little bit and uh, Steve Smith, much like Ray Lewis, helps carry this team through. Yep. We're playing very physical teams this year. That's something that's very important in this injury game. Is we're playing Seattle, we're playing in the 49ers, regardless of how many injuries, that, how many retirements that team's gone through. They're still a very physical hard-nosed team. We're playing the Rams. We're playing the Cardinals. That entire division is a madhouse of violence. Not to just speak on our own part as well, the AFC North is just the same. The Steelers are hard-nosed, the Bengals are hard-nosed, and the Cleveland Browns are hard-nosed. Everybody just seems to forget that in our chaotic division. Also, we're playing the Kansas City Chiefs. They're very tough football teams to be handling this season. Yeah. But also, getting back to Steve Smith, how do you feel he's changed from his his start of his career to where he is now? You know, he's a he's this what is it the same animal, different beast kind of mentality that that Kobe Bryant's got. You know, you know, <laughs> in, in asking him a question about what he does differently now that he's thirty six that he didn't maybe do before, he gave me a very snippy answer. Oh boy, <laughs> uh, it, it, the answer was very much. Not much has changed, and you know what? I get those types of questions. Uh, same thing as my height questions. Nothing. Uh, I put up a 1,000 yards last season, and a lot of teams would be happy to have a rookie come in and put up a 1,000 yards. So clearly I still got something in the tank, and that was during OTAs just this season or, or this off season. So I, I think he's the same exact type of guy he was when he came into this league, which is a giant chip on his shoulder. He's got to make up for the height. He's got to make up for the age. He's got to make up for the things that he wasn't able to do uh, or, or not being good enough for the, car, uh, the Carolina Panthers last season. We've seen that. When he's able to do that type of stuff and when people are counting him out, that's when he puts up a 200-yard game and three touchdowns. Absolutely. The thing that I noticed the most was people think that Carolina messed up when they released him, and I think that was the reason. I think that truly is the reason that Steve Smith became so dominant once more is because he was starting yeah. to lose the love of football, and he didn't have that fire anymore. And I know Steve Smith will have a fire until his last breath, but... I think it was simmering, and when he got traded like that, well, he got cut, excuse me, and all of a sudden he said, dude, I'm going to make everybody pay, like he did when he first came into the league when they said he'd just be a return man, if that. Yeah. That was the big issue, and he went, you know what, you know, F everybody, whoever I go to, they're going to find out who, who Steve Smith is, <laughs> and if I play the Panthers, bring your goggles. Because there's going to be blood and guts everywhere. I think that's the reason that Steve Smith became dominant once more. People think that, oh, they just released him. He wasn't good. He really wasn't putting up the passion that he has so far with the Baltimore Ravens as he did towards the end of the season seasons with the Carolina Panthers. And I completely agree with that. Uh, I I think we've seen if we're seeing it now, which is just the love of football. It not maybe not out of him by any stretch of the imagination, but he is getting older. He he does see his career winding down clearly as. He's now announced his retirement uh, at the end of the season. So, yeah, I, you know, I mm-hmm. I definitely agree with you on that one. I think it's it's an issue where Steve Smith just wasn't in it for a little while, and then it, it kind of helps when the team's rebounding and, and rebuilding like Carolina was, mm-hmm. uh, and now he's jumped onto a team that is a Super Bowl contender. It kind of ignites that little bit of passion back in you. So, 
you know, at the end of the season, regardless of whatever happens to Steve Smith, man, I hope he gets a ring, but uh, he's one of the best to ever play the game, and he, he deserves to go out on top. All right, I'm going to ask you a quick question. It's not on our scheduled list, folks, but do you believe he should be wearing a gold jacket? I think if he has the same type of season he had this season, or this past season, yes. That'll put him up into, I believe, 10th uh, all-time on the receiving yards list. Okay. I think it does. I think it, you know, Chris Carter got in, and that's who he would be passing yeah. uh, for 10th all-time. So, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I, I'd, I'd absolutely say that he deserves it at that point. Okay. Say he only puts up about, let's go 800 yards this year. He puts up four touchdowns. Do you still have him in the Hall of Fame? Because personally, I have him. I'm going to just get skip over this. I think he should have a gold jacket regardless. I think the tenacity he brings to the game, being five foot nine, uh, putting up multiple thousand yard seasons, dealing with Jake DeLome and dragging that team to the to the Super Bowl. He won the triple crown of most touchdowns, most catches, and most receiving yards in a single season. Um, all within, I believe it was 2004 or 2005. I think this man deserves it. He has all pros. He has pro bowls. I think the man deserves it regardless of the outcome of this season. But what, is, what are your thoughts? I, I sadly, I mean, while I would agree with you, I think he deserves it now. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of those types of things where the voters are not going to agree with that unless he is a top ten in in receiving yards. Okay, uh, that's just the the nature of the beast when it comes to to the Hall of Fame is you've got to have those numbers to to warrant it, which is why we don't see a whole lot of uh, offensive linemen in in the Hall of Fame because it's it's kind of difficult to rate how good they were because there's no numbers. Right. And like I said, it, it's it's crappy, but he, he does deserve it from a fan standpoint, but mm-hmm. uh, without being top ten, he'll never get there. And so unfortunately, at least not soon. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And with the logjam at wide receiver still, I mean, Tim Brown just finally got in. It's, yeah. it's insane, and we're still we're still gonna have to wait on Randy Moss, Terrell Owens. Um, those two are huge. I believe Marvin Harrison hasn't been put in yet, so it's only going yeah. to get deeper and deeper as more players retire. Yeah, skipping that's, ahead that's now. Yep, yep. Skipping ahead now to the most recent news that we just fit into this uh, episode of the Baltimore Beatdown is more NFL related. Geno Smith got sucker punched by Ick Enum Kapali over six hundred dollars in plane tickets. That is the current news going on right now. Absolutely insane. Sucker punched in the locker room over $600 in plane tickets. I'm furious, Matt. I want to hear your take, though. I, first and foremost, we, we've got to address this properly. Geno Smith didn't just get punched in the face. Dude got fucked up. He yep. broke his jaw in two separate spots. That's... And the jaw is... Uh, if I'm correct, and we'll have to get Dr. Bobby at some point on this one, but yep. I believe the jaw is the strongest muscle and, and bone in the body um, outside of maybe the leg. Right. That That is intense. You broke the guy's jaw in two separate spots. Ouch. Now, the second thing that I've I've got to really ask is, why the hell is Geno Smith borrowing six hundred dollars from like an undrafted free agent in in enemy whatever the hell his last name is? <laughs> uh, yeah, come on, I, I'm I'm looking at his contract. Dude signed a four year five million dollar contract, a little over five million, with a two million dollar signing bonus. Mm-hmm. If he needs to borrow six hundred bucks, 
then you can count his chance of ever going ahead and, and, and being a player or a person outside of football that's able to keep his money. You're going to be hearing about him selling off his jersey, about him selling off uh, the other jerseys that he's gotten over the years with people signing them and stuff like that in order to make rent. That's, that's I think, is the biggest story at this point. If dude can't afford $600 in plane tickets, then we've got issues. Yeah, we've got a, got a serious problem. I don't know what's going on, but that's terrible. Like, I can't yeah. believe a teammate... No, regardless of, situ- of the situation, a teammate popped him in the mouth, sucker punched him to the point of a broken jaw. He's out six to ten weeks because of this. What? How yeah. do you think that's going to be okay? Like, yes, I get it. It's six hundred dollars, but I assure you one thing: like, Gino would be able to pay him back. I'm not on the bus that thinks, oh, he's probably super broke already and he can't afford anything. No, the dude's got a contract still. He's still making money. That's a less like. You can pay for 36 flights with a game check, okay? Don't yeah. worry. Now that you punched him, he ain't getting 10 game checks, all right? <laughs> like, it's, yeah. it's, it's embarrassing, to say the least. Well, I'm disappointed. And the news just broke five minutes ago. Uh, Ian Rappaport said that the reason why Geno Smith gave Kapali, uh for no-showing on the, the amount of money was that his brother was in a bike accident, broke his arm and his ribs, and that mm-hmm. Gino accompanied him to the hospital. So dude was so pissed that he punched him in the face over 600 bucks. And then to, to add to that, he wasn't able to give him the money because he was accompanying his brother to the hospital after a bike accident. <laughs> that, that's a no leeway situation right there. Oh that is, God. if you don't go ahead and do it, I'm going to, oh. And then you have to cock block a, or not not cock block a quarterback, but you got to go ahead and, and sucker punch a quarterback in the face there for for six hundred. But I mean, the the amount of money is is pointless there. But you, you got to punch him in the face. You got to sucker punch him. You you can't you can't man up one on one on a quarterback, dude. I mean, come on. I played football. The quarterbacks were one of the slowest people. They were they were some of the biggest divas. You can't you can't square up against Geno fucking Smith. <laughs> that 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 irritates me on every possible level from from a football player myself to you know someone who I, I you know used to box a little bit. To, to all of this, that bothers me to no end. That dude was not able just to square up on him one on one. He just it bothers me, dude. It bothers me. So this is weak. I, you this know, is weak. Like, it drives me nuts. I can't believe that this is in the news. Is that a teammate, like a fellow teammate, sucker punches his quarterback? Oh my goodness! Yeah. It's it's on his starting quarterback. Just bang! It's weak. That's so weak. It's very disappointing. Yeah, I, it's we'll we'll find out more news about that, and uh, we'll be doing a show on Thursday before the live broadcast of the Ravens game that we're going to be doing. Uh, and and once that information comes out, uh, we'll go ahead and um, you know, we'll we'll go ahead and, and give everyone what the the real story is as of that point. So, absolutely. Now. What's up next? We got Brent Urban not able to catch a break. We just barely skimmed over this earlier when we were talking about health. But he has torn his bicep. It's almost the same exact one as Matt Elam's injury. Second season in a row. 
he's going to be benched all season. I just, it's unfortunate news. It's about 12 to 14 weeks is what it is. He hasn't played a single snap for the Ravens, and he was selected in the fourth round of our 2014 NFL draft. What What are you thinking, Matt? What's going on with this? What What is your I, opinion? I think it's a very, very sad thing. And, um, you know, Brent Urban, I guess, put it probably best uh, back on the 8th when he initially injured it and it was reported. Uh, he tweeted out, I appreciate the support and the hate. I will channel my frustration into training and again come back as if I've never gotten injured sooner than you think. I love the tenacity there, but yeah, man, that sucks. And you know people are hating on him for it because he got injured last season. He has yet to play a snap for the Ravens. And, and he looks great when he's on the field. But just like we, we've done with Michael Campanero, just like we've done with a lot of other guys, if you don't see the field when the, when the time actually comes, you suddenly become a little bit less dependable and you suddenly become a little bit uh, easier to, to replace. It's heartbreaking to me, man, to watch any like, – I hate injuries so much. That's why I hate training camp. It's my least favorite time of the season. And everybody's like, oh, my God, training camp's finally here. And I'm like, yeah. And you all know what that means. It means somebody's getting injured, and then all every like we're all playing Russian roulette, and the gun's damn near fully loaded. Is is always the problem. And I don't like training camp because this is going to happen, and we have to watch a young kid with an injury and deal with it for an entire season or even longer. It could be it could be to the point where they can't play again. I mean, we've seen uh, the tight end from Green Bay. Uh, what was his name? Now that I'm, I just lost it too. But uh, <laughs> totally just lost it. But, yeah, no, players injure their neck, like David Wilson of the Giants. There we go. That's an easy one. He messed up his neck, and all of a sudden, hey, you could break it and die if you continue playing. And that can happen, and it yeah. sucks, and it worries me. Now, I mean, that, that is to say that Brent Urban's injury is a muscle tear. Mm -hmm. It's certainly nothing that serious Absolutely. to where, you know, if he gets hit the wrong way, he'll die or anything like that. <laughs> um, and actually – about six hours ago, he tweeted that he's going to uh, have a fully attached bicep momentarily, so he went into surgery today. Um, and the fact that he went into surgery so quick, and we touched on this with Dr. Bobby before, is you want to go ahead and do that before that muscle starts to shrink back up into itself. Mm -hmm. The more that it shrinks, the harder it is to attach, the longer it takes to go ahead and heal and eventually get back to the field. Now, I do want to point out that he said that he's going to be able to get healthy sooner than we think. So he's not on IR yet. Um, and I don't believe the, the, I don't believe a team can go ahead and put a, a player on IR uh, for a few more weeks, if I'm correct. Um, mm -hmm. But that being said is maybe he does go ahead and return mid season, maybe late in the season. And in, again, in talking to, to Dr. Bobby about Matt Elam, he did say that those timetables could be anywhere from like three months to six months. Right. If Urban so happens to be on the three-month train, then that's that's awesome. And I'd love to have him back because he did look great so far in training camp. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's a bad break for the guy. That's, yeah, that's all there is to it. I haven't been able to go to training camp, obviously. I'm stuck in Colorado. But that's, that's exciting to hear from you especially that he looked great in training camp. He worked, and he was actually able to do more than just be a guy in a rotation. He was able to play well, and that's something that I really hope we get to see this season for Brent Urban. Now, briefly, we're going to talk about D'Angelo Tyson and Capron Lewis more. Do you think they will be rotated in more? Uh, last season, Capron Lewis Moore was a guy that a lot of people thought was going to kick off 
uh, and sadly he got injured uh, himself along with Brent Urban. So we never got a chance to see him last season. And this season so far, uh, he has looked okay. Mm -hmm. Um, But honestly, I haven't been paying attention to him, and it's something where I haven't really seen him. Um, So he hasn't wowed me so far like a lot of people were saying that uh, they wowed him, that, that he wowed them last year. Uh, you know, I, I think, I, I certainly think D'Angelo Tyson and Catherine Lewis Moore go ahead and rotate in a little bit more, but I think ultimately, uh, and we discussed this before with Chris Canty, uh, he's, he's the starter at this point. Chris Canty is, mm-hmm. uh, until someone takes it from him, he, that's who's going to be the starter. But yeah, now it's just a matter of, we go a little bit deeper into the rotation and find out who, uh, who can go ahead and line up and, and play a few snaps when Canty gets tired. Right. And I was actually on that Capron Lewis Moore hype train. I, I remember watching him play. He played for Notre Dame and on that he looked really good. He was really he was a vital part of that team until he went down that year. And he just hasn't been able to get healthy ever since and it's driving me nuts. It's obviously driving him nuts. He knows it. And I really hope to see both of these guys on the field. D'Angelo Tyson's a great rotational guy. Both of them are gonna be exciting. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's they. We I still think we have the sickest uh, defensive line in the league. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, no. Looking after you and I did discuss that further and further. I agree. We just we have a very strong team and deep team. They're they're both different answers right there. Because strong means we actually have a great starting unit, and depth means we have the rotational effort to have guys stay fresh. It's very important, and I'm excited to see what. What we do this season, I'm really excited for it. Now, we're going to move on to the other grim clouds hovering above our training camp. Like I said, injuries are happening more and more frequently. John Urschel and Robert Myers both went down with apparent concussions. What what are you... uh, Uh, Now... I wasn't there for that one, sadly. I had to... uh, I was on the pup list myself. Um... (laughs) It, it's they underwent the concussion protocol. They'll be fine. It's just like what you would see in a game situation, uh, except for this is obviously uh, off season or, or preseason talk now. Um, it, it's it's nothing all that serious. Uh, guys get banged up. I mean Robert Myers and John Urschel, they're offensive linemen. That's what happens to offensive linemen. Uh, so it happens. So I'm sure they'll be back in a matter of a few days. Uh, you know. They're, they might even be back and actually playing Thursday. Um, we'll, we'll find out a little bit more once we kind of get the injury list, uh, the injury report on that game Thursday uh, as to what's going on. But I would not be surprised if both of them were able to suit up Thursday and play. That'd be great news to hear. I'm re- I really want to see how John Urschel plays. Man's a genius, yeah. as we've all bra- bragged and talked about before. Man has a master's in, like, quantum everything. <laughs> <laughs> I love watching the guy play. I really hope he does well. Um, I know he's been in discussions of taking over the center position from Jeremy Zuta, and you and I have gone over the contract information with that, and it's looking more and more apparent, which is very exciting to have a cheaper yet possibly more effective center in the league. Yeah. Now we're going to go and skip ahead that there's been trade discussions going on with the Chiefs and the Ravens. There's been whispers of it. I, I, we haven't been able to nail anything to it specifically, but they do have Bernard Pollard. And he, as a former safety for the Ravens, I 
Do we want? Do you want Bernard Pollard, Matt Stevens? Look, I, I and I've gotten a lot of flack in this uh, for uh, for this in the past. Mm-hmm. I'm all for adding members to the team to see how they do, mm-hmm. especially a guy like Pollard. He's not going to cost a lot. It's, you're talking about like vet minimum, um, you know, on a one year deal. It, it's not going to cost a lot for the Ravens. You put him back there. You see what he does. Look, if he performs incredibly well and beats out some of the younger guys, then he beats out some of the younger guys. If he doesn't, then you cut him. And it's it's no harm, no foul. Now, the fact that you'd have to trade for him, that becomes a little bit more of a headache. If the Chiefs were to cut Bernard Pollard and just let him go, I think the Ravens would snatch him up, uh, regardless of some of the comments that he had made uh, when he departed the Ravens. Uh, which kind of alluded to him and Harbaugh not necessarily getting together. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm all for adding veterans to this team. I'm all for adding anyone to this team as long as it makes the team better. Uh, who knows? Bernard Pollard might be one of those guys that, uh, you know, is in the right spot at the right time, picks off a, a Peyton Manning pass in the playoffs, and all of a sudden you're in the Super Bowl. Yep. I'm I'm totally for it. I love Bernard Pollard. I love what he brings to this squad. He's hard hitting and he's yet still smart in coverage and he yeah. does well and he lays the boom out and his nickname being <laughs> the Patriot Killer also doesn't help squander my, my love for this man as he effectively has ruined uh, some individuals. I don't like injuries. <laughs> I don't like injuries. Don't get me wrong, okay? Now don't twist what I'm saying here. I know it's hilarious, but no, I love watching that man play. He's violent. He is violent on the football field. He lowers the boom. He loves to hit. He loves to be physical. Tell me, does that not sound like play like a Raven football there? Does that? That's ex- that's exactly it. Yeah. And, and I, I will go on record as saying that I think that he was let go because of his mouth. Yep. No, um, I, I, I'm not even putting that to You know, that's so, exactly it. So he plays like a Raven, but maybe he doesn't act like a Raven all the time, um, which is why he bounces from team to team to team. I'm sure he wears out his welcome pretty quick, Mm -hmm. Uh, and some of that is because of his mouth. Some of that is because he doesn't know when to let up, uh, as I believe he was with the Titans before the Ravens got a hold of him, and there were uh, some rumors that he he was hitting quarterbacks with a red shirt on regardless, (laughs) because dude don't slow down. Um, So... I, I kind of love that mentality, but then again, I'm an old school type of quarterback, you know, or, or excuse me, an old school type of uh, safety guy where I like I like those guys delivering the hits. I like the big booms. I I, I like smash mouth football, hard nosed smash mouth. What's the best secondary in the NFL right now? What's the best secondary in the NFL? Oh God, I, I... the Seattle Seahawks. It's not even a question, okay? And what do I... guys do? What do those guys do? They lower the boom. Earl Thomas blows people up. Cam Chancellor, the touchdown canceller. Bam, bam, cam. Cam track. Any of those names. I don't care. That dude... we, shall, we shall see if Seattle is the best secondary in the league no, this season. I... When they go ahead and face off against the Ravens, they face off against A.J. Green, they face off against uh, Pittsburgh and Antonio Brown, Martavis Bryant, uh, and, and Ben Roethlisberger. Let's see if they can hold that when they play teams that can actually pass the ball okay. and can beat them up on the ground first. Okay, yeah, no, I, I see what you're doing. But right now, as the uh, like, my argument is this, the current best secondary in the NFL 
is the Seattle Seahawks. And I was going with this to say they're huge, hard-hitting players. Richard Sherman isn't scared yeah. to hit. Cam Chancellor loves to hit as he has ended Vernon Davis's career practically after he <laughs> destroyed him on that one catch that was hit so hard he got a he got a penalty for hitting too hard. That was true. That's exactly what it was. Earl Thomas will light people up. That entire team loves to be violently aggressive. Cam Chancellor looks like he wants to murder somebody on the field. Like he truly looks <laughs> like when he's hitting, he is scary and he just wants to violently embarrass people. Like I, I believe it's uh, Richard Sherman uh, was saying in a uh, in an interview. He said, "Yeah, when when Earl Thomas and I get on the field, we want to be some of the greatest ever. That's what we do. That's how that's our mentality is to go out there and be the greatest ever." Cam Chancellor goes out on the field and he wants to hurt somebody. <laughs> Yeah, and that's exactly the kind of football I want to see from the Baltimore. No, I want yeah. Bill Hill to hurt somebody. I want I want Bernard Pollard on the squad, and I want him to blow somebody up. That's my personal take on it, and I think that's how you and I are in agreement. Yeah, absolutely. I I can agree with uh, hitting people hard in the mouth. Yeah. Um, well, now we got Lardarius Webb and his hamstring injury. He he got injured in training camp one day. He's back the next. He's injury-prone as he's torn two ACLs. This is getting frustrating. Every single time I start to ask you a question, it's about another injury, man. <laughs> That's just the time of the year, sadly. No, and, no. and especially as we start talking about Ladarius Webb, the guy is fairly injury-prone. Um, you know, we'll, we'll have Dr. Bobby on uh, likely next week to talk a little bit about that. But... Yeah, Lardarius Webb, I think, is just about done. Yep. So, I, I, you know, it would be nice if he wasn't, but sadly, I think that's what we have. That's not exciting, because I love Webb. Webb's been a great player. He plays his heart out on the field, but his body doesn't care. <laughs> that's the best way to put it personally. I think it's just garbage, man. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's it's depressing because Lardarius Webb looks like he has the talent to go ahead and do such great things, but he's getting older, and his speed is quickly dropping. And for a guy that's that small, he doesn't have the ability to match up properly on a number one wide receiver. He never really did outside of the speed. Mm -hmm. And once you start losing that, then you're looking at slot receivers. Now you're looking at nickel. Now you're looking at maybe not being on the team, at what point in time do the Ravens kind of go, look, dude, we're paying you a lot of money. Um, you know, it's time for you to either live up or not, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and that's the biggest issue is his speed was the reason he was able to make the mistakes and gamble and become the dynamic player that he was. And after two ACL injuries, after a hamstring now, after just getting beat up, He's not going to be able to continue this. You won't be able to. Speed is the first thing to go as you age. Speed. You can yeah. you can still be a perfectly technical player, but the speed's going to drop, and you have to. And that's all you, there is to it. There's no way you can't regain your speed back one through age. Through age, you can't become faster. And that's the first thing. Like I said, first thing to go, and he will be first to go once we realize the age is forcing this. And looking at his contract, I mean, the Ravens had him re-sign a restructured uh, contract this season for three years, $16.25 million. 
This season, he is set to be a $9.25 million cap hit, while his dead cap is fifteen and a quarter million. Now, that that's clearly to go ahead and eat that money now, yep. um, while you still have that space. Uh, he's got a three million dollar roster bonus. He's got a two million dollar signing bonus uh, this season and a two million dollar signing bonus next season. But next season, that's when he suddenly costs a lot more than he is worth. Uh, is in he will be thirty in twenty sixteen. His cap hit will be nine and a half million dollars, and his dead cap will only be six million. The Ravens will save three point five million dollars by getting rid of him, and they and Ozzy won't flinch on that. He will if no. if he does not see Lardarius Webb becoming anything better, which I don't see it. Webb will no longer be on the team. Yeah, and, and I think that's the obvious thing. Next season is. Yeah, either he he plays lights out this season and earns that contract, or he is no longer a Raven at the end of next season. They might even give him until 2017 when his deal runs out, but at that point, he's 31. Uh, his cap hit will be $7.5 million and his dead cap will be $3 million, meaning mm-hmm. that the Ravens can, can recoup $4.5 million. Uh, so not a huge difference between 2016 and 2017 in the amount that the Ravens can kind of take on, but it... It sucks because I like Lardarius Webb. I mean, yep. I, I got my parents assigned Lardarius Webb jersey. Oh, I've wow. met the guy. He, he's a nice guy. Um, but, yeah, it's the injuries, and it's just not being able to keep up with anything anymore. And, I, yeah, I think we've we've mentioned it, but I don't think he's going to be a Raven next season. Right. All right. Now, in light of Steve Smith's final season as a player, which situation do you believe enhances the Ravens' chances of winning on any given Sunday. Now I'm going to give you a question without any guarantees on production. Joe Flacco could attempt 16 passes in Steve Smith's direction against Justin Forsett receiving 30 carries. Which do you believe enhances the Ravens' chances on winning in any given in, on any given Sunday? That is so difficult to answer, A, because it depends on the team that you're facing up against, but even if we were just going against generic defense, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Forsett receiving 30 carries, I mean, you're looking at a 5.4 average, so 30 times 5.4 comes out to 162 yards. But then again, Steve Smith, if he's able to catch all 16 passes, Mm -hmm. That's, you know, I think his average is right around 11, so you're looking at 176. <laughs> Ooh, it's close. So it's so close there. I'd have to give it to Forsett simply because at the end of the day, the Ravens are a run-first team, and you know that if he gets 30 carries, he's going to make something out of it. Clearly with a 5.4 average, that's the average. Um, versus 16 pass attempts in Steve Smith's direction. If he catches all of them, then great. But he could also catch one. Uh, so it, it it all really depends on that front. And, and strictly because of that, I'm going to have to go with four set all the way on the on the running game. Okay, I got I have the same answer, but it's for a different reason. I have Justin Forsett receiving 30 carries. Because if we're running the ball 30 times, it is it is a means that we are up in a football game or we are controlling the clock. We don't run. Yeah. It. We don't run thirty carries with Justin Forsett if we're down twenty-eight-zero. 
or we don't run yeah. it 30 times if we're down 35-21. We aren't running it 30 times. You know what we're going to do? We're going to throw the ball Steve Smith's direction 16 times instead. That's true. That's true. And then that's a really good point to go ahead and make. Yeah. So, I you know, I want to first and foremost thank everyone for kind of showing up today. This was a, a weird test episode that we're doing to see about uh, two shows a week. So it's it's interesting. We want to see how it worked. Uh, so please go ahead and give us comments on what you guys thought about it and what you guys want us to go ahead and do with maybe doing two a week uh, and maybe keeping them a little bit shorter, but being able to still keep the total amount of content in there at the end of the day. Yeah, no, this was a lot of fun. I like that this was a really short show for us. We did half the time, almost a third of the time, because we usually go over with questions. And, yeah. and we love to talk about football so much. Matt and I run late on every article that <laughs> Daniel does write up for us. Thank you, Daniel, by the way, for this great show. Yes. It was simple. And we did go over the time. We're over, I believe, six, seven minutes right now. And we're still going. But, no, we, we love doing this. And it was great to have a short show. It was a little exciting. We had a, I, I've been trying to push these, but... And again, Matt and I love talking about this stuff, so we keep going back towards it. It's been fun, though. Real quick, though, we would like you to go to our Patreon website. Uh, give a little as a dollar a day. Help us support this podcast. We're two-thirds of the way there now. We did get some more people from the last Rabble.tv. Give us a couple bucks apiece. We're now up to $67. We are two-thirds away from giving toward, giving back to our, patro- oh, to our patrons. Excuse me. If you do give us a dollar, you can end up winning a giveaway, a monthly giveaway, every single month. We are so excited to do it. We're two-thirds of the way there, folks. Also, like us, subscribe with us on Ramble, subscribe with us on SoundCloud or iTunes, I believe, as well. Share us. Yes. If you don't like us, at least share us. Maybe you'll find somebody that does like us. Other than that, share, love, peace, crabs, Old Bay America, A1 Sauce, Natty Boat. I do want to give a quick shout-out uh, to Zachary A. Johnson and Dan Showman, who are the two newest patrons that help us get to uh, $67. Ooh, yeah. So thank you, fellas. Uh, thank you guys very, very much. We did reach one milestone. We adjusted some things. Uh, we did get past the $50 per month. That helps us just pay for like doing this. Um, it costs us a good amount of money per month to go ahead and do this, and 50 is actually not even really the number, but uh, we, we manage some other things. But uh, thanks, guys. I mean, I, I appreciate that, and yeah, we're $33 away from going ahead and giving you guys some really awesome prizes. It will um, be good, trust me. Yeah. But thank you very much for listening in to the Baltimore Beatdown Podcast. Shout out to Daniel Park once more for giving us a great show. Matt, it's been a blast. Can't wait to see you in two more days where we do our full hour podcast. And we're also planning on calling the preseason Ravens Saints game. Looking forward to that episode. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Baltimore Beatdown Podcast. If you like what we do, please like and share us on SoundCloud, Rabble.tv, and iTunes. Also, check out our Patreon account to donate as little as a dollar toward the cause and get some cool perks. Join us every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern for yet another Baltimore Beatdown Podcast.